Lord, it's good to be here. It's good to be in your presence. It's good to be with your people. And it's good to know that you will never, ever leave us. No matter what we go through, the difficulties, the good times, the in-betweens, you're always with us. You've promised it. You're a God who keeps his word. Thank you. Thank you we can rely on you. This morning we just pray for ourselves, pray for our, each one of us, pray for those sitting beside us that we could all have a heart that is open to you, to want to move forward in our journey with you. Thank you for what you've shown us so far in this book of Genesis, and we want to see more. There is more to see in the life of Joseph. We pray this morning you would take each one of us further than where we are right now. Amen? Amen. Well, good morning. morning. It's good to be home. Welcome home. Thank you. Uh, Debbie and I were away for 10 days. We went to BC, which was very, very nice. I, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very different province for, for many, many, many reasons. Not different bad. It's just different. Uh, the, the, the pace of life is very different there. If you're used to Toronto speed and you go to BC, you're going to have to slow down a little bit. In fact, I was telling someone just a little while ago, I was, I was in my normal Toronto speed in my car, <laughs> and I was going into a grocery store parking lot, and there was an older gentleman who was quite perturbed by my speed, <laughs> and he said, slow down, young fella. <laughs> So I learned. You must be from <laughs> yeah, I learned very quickly uh, in that uh, in BC that uh, life moves a lot slower, and and that's good. There was, uh, I mean, the 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 landscape is absolutely spectacular. Uh, Debbie and I had wonderful time um, on the island. Beautiful in uh, the mountains. Outstanding. I would highly recommend it. Of course, Bob told me last night. Don't gush about BC. I don't want people going there. <laughs> he wants to keep it all for himself. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. Um, just a reminder, too, today we have a wedding that uh, is taking place a little bit later this afternoon. Keep uh, Clement and Tabitha in mind as they're taking this big, big step. It's uh, a joyous, joyous occasion. Uh, and I don't think there's anything more that uh, speaks of relationship than something like marriage. And this morning, we're going to be in um, uh, chapter 39 of the Genesis. So if, you're, if you have your own Bibles, you want to go there, that's fine. If you don't, we will have the verses up on the screen for you. But I want to talk about relationship to begin with. Um, the, uh, the, the title of our message this morning is, You Can't Keep a Good Man Down. And, of course, we also mean by uh, man, woman, you can't keep a good person down. This is not just a, a male thing. But let me talk about relationship for a second and the kind of God that we have in the Bible. Uh, if you've been with us from the beginning in Genesis, you know that the way that God created was that he was intimately and personally involved in everything that he did. So when you, when you think about the creation, Han, if you can bring up that beautiful slide of our earth, um, think, think about how God did things and he was very much involved and you have to ask yourself why he, he wasn't just uh, off in a distance and speaking necessarily things into being. There was, there was that element, but there was another element where he had his hands 
involved and his breath involved. And it tells us that we have a God who wants to be in relationship with us. That is a great uh, understanding to have from the, very, from the very outset of the Bible. He is taking care of every little aspect and detail that we need because he knows exactly what we need. Uh, of course, as the story in Genesis uh, continues, we know that there's a massive falling away from God. And in that falling away, you do not see God with his finger pointed towards us in a way of condemning. You see God coming to reach us in that fallen condition to rescue us, to bring us back to him. Why? Because he loves us and he cares about us and he's all about loving us and restoring us and rescuing us. God always wants the best for us. And, and here's what we've seen over the last number of months now with uh, three particular people. Think about it. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God of relationship has moved very specifically with each one of these men, calling them, guiding them, training them, that's the kind of a God we have. He doesn't just wind us up, send us on our way, and we just get to do whatever we want. No, God is intimately, personally involved in every one of our lives. And we've seen it with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their calling, their drawing, the guiding and the training has been a little different for each one. And that's a good thing. God cannot treat Abraham like he treated Jacob. Jacob is a very particular kind of person, and, and, he, and he needs something very specific to help him in his journey with God. Every single one of us needs God's particular, specific working. Last point I'll make in this kind of opening section is that the way that God interacts with mankind is not always the same. With Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you can see the direct speaking of God to each one of them. Del shared with you last week about Joseph and the way it all began with Joseph. Do you know Joseph never heard directly from God? Joseph only had dreams. He didn't have what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had. And I think what we've got to understand from that. First of all, we know Joseph took those dreams as God speaking to him. But what you and I should take from that is very simple, that God interacts with each one of us in very different ways. But regardless of the way he does it, you, you got to know that what he is doing is to begin something with us, to maintain something with us, to rescue, rescue us, restore us, all for the sake of relationship. What he does with you may not work for the person sitting next to you. The way he unveils himself to one person in your work as they're telling you all about it, you might be questioning and saying, but that never happened to me. Maybe I'm lacking something in my experience and the answer should be no. God is taking care of you, working with you, directing you the way that he needs to for your sake.
So don't, don't feel like, oh, I'm not like Joseph. I didn't have a dream. Well, neither did Jacob or Abraham. Oh, actually, Jacob did have a dream. Sorry. <laughs> but Abraham did not have a dream. Isaac didn't have a dream. God can work, can and does work very specifically with each one of us. I want to focus now on our main thought for this morning. You can't keep a good man down. And the, the kind of the subtitle for this is that God's heart for Joseph is a great destiny. And last week, Dell shared with you about these two dreams. And in those two dreams, you should be able to get a picture of the great destiny that God has for Joseph. It was to rule and it was to reign. That is a big thing. And it wasn't just that you know, he had this fanciful dream that one day he was going to rule and reign. No, very specifically, very definitely, God in, Je in Joseph's lifetime was going to bring him to the point where he was going to actually rule and reign. This is not just some dream. There's some reality. There's something very real about these dreams. When I was a little boy, that was a few years ago, <laughs> I loved water. So I brought a tank of water along with me this morning, but I do have a tarp, Steve, so don't worry. So if you can, can you kind of spread it out there? Sure. I don't think we're going to spill anything. I think we're good. One of the, mo one of the, one of the favorite games I had, uh, wow, you guys are really good. I didn't. Uh... Feel free. <laughs> Nigel wants me to be very uh, exuberant with this demonstration. Um, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed, uh, of course, I, I love swimming. And, um, but one of the games that I love to play when I was younger, was could I keep the ball under the water? Have you ever played that game? This is a, this is a good game. I like, I like this game. Because, you know, you have a ball like this, and you have, to, you have to try to keep the ball. And, you know, I was, you know, anyway, you know, so you know how it goes, right? So you're like, oh, keep the ball. And you know what's going to happen if I let my hands off, right? Well, I won't do that right now. And, and, and one thing I loved to do was just find different ways that I could keep the ball underneath the water. So, you know, sometimes you would do this, you know, you'd be sitting in the water, you'd be like, okay, the ball's under your butt. And say, okay, okay, and then you got to keep yourself afloat and all those kind of things. And you got to try to keep it. And then I got really adventurous one time that, you know, I tried to, I can't do it this morning, but tried to put it under my feet and just try to see how long can I keep this ball underneath the water. And that's, it's not easy because there's something inside of this ball that just wants to make it go up. This could be really messy, right? It's a good thing it's water. There's just something inside of this ball. The more, I won't do it again. The more, the more I push it down, there's something inside of it that just forces it out of the water. 
You can't keep a good man down. That's the thought of our message this morning. But, but, but I don't want you to just think, okay, Ian's got this like pat us on the back. We're all going to walk out of here really good. You got to understand the person who is inside of each and every one of us is the person who causes us to spring up again. You don't just have a lot of air inside of you. You've got the Holy Spirit filling you from top to bottom. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, for sure, for sure, at some point in time, I don't know when it's going to be, but I know my God. And the Holy Spirit working inside of you is going to cause you to rise up again. Because He loves you. He wants the best for you. And He has a great destiny for you. Now that everything's wet. Good, now we're really, we're good. Um, so, so Joseph was given these dreams, and right after he has these dreams, right after he has these dreams, he's sent out to be with his brothers. And his brothers throw him in a pit. They really want to kill him, and eventually they sell him. And if I was Joseph and I was sitting in the bottom of that well, I'd be thinking to myself, this should not be happening. I had a dream. My brothers were bowing down to me and now I'm in the bottom of a well. What's going on? How many times have we been in situations and we're just wondering, God, what are you doing? Why is this happening to me? This, is, this should not be happening to me. Shortly after that, he moves down to Egypt, of course, with the help of the, the uh, Ishmaelite traders. Let me read for you some of these verses. I think it's good for us to get the story very clear. So, Han, if you could bring them up. I'm calling this the unexpected path because this is absolutely not what Jacob expected. Remember the dream said? He's going to reign. He's going to rule. Well, if you and I were thinking about how he was going to rule and how he was going to reign, we'd be thinking of a trajectory like that. Just watch this one. Now, Joseph had been bought, brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had, brought him, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. I want you to really pay attention to verse 2, because this talks about the air that's in that ball. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. When he was going down, instead of going up the way he thought he should be going, when he's going down to Egypt, and this is not unfolding the way he thought it should be, the Lord was with Joseph. And he became a successful man, and he was as he was in the house of uh, his Egyptian master, his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Keep going. Now Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and he put him in charge of all that he had. From the, from the time that he, from that time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Jacob's sake. 
oh sorry, Joseph's sake, the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. And what's interesting here is to see, although Joseph is pushed down, he's not down, at, down and out. He may be down, but the air is still within him. The Lord is still within him. And, 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 and so, here's what we do know. Joseph will one day reign and he will rule. And he's going to rule over a massive thing. But look at the way that God works. Let me give you something small. Let me start you off in Potiphar's house. Let me train you in Potiphar's house. Let me give you a little bit. And, and if, you, if you look at the story carefully, Potiphar gave him something at the beginning. And then it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, it, and so he, eventually he became the overseer in Potiphar's house. So a lot of times the Lord will allow us to go through these kind of situations. But what Joseph is being trained to do is manage things. The story continues. The unexpected path goes this way. Now Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. Put that in our <laughs> the way we think about things today, this is tall, dark, and handsome. He is, that's not me, by the way. That's just because I'm not tall. I used to be dark. <laughs> no. Um, he's well built. He's a handsome man. You know, and sometimes... You know, God gives us things like this. These are physical attributes. These are things that God gives to us. But we have to, we have to steward these things very, very well. For you, it may not be well-built, handsome, that kind of thing. Maybe God has given you a smart mind. Maybe, maybe God has given you all kinds of other abilities and talents. Are you stewarding that well for him? And I'll tell you why. Because there's a pitfall that's coming up. That if you take for granted what God has given to you, you could find yourself in a really bad spot and miss out on the ruling and the reigning. Let's keep going. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Okay, you know, we're, we're in the 21st century. You gotta be clear. This is not, I need a snuggle buddy in bed with me. This is not, I'm cold at night. This woman wants sexual favors from Joseph. Joseph is well formed. He's a, a handsome man. He's a slave. It is not an uncommon thing in that culture for a master's wife to look at a male servant and say, come and have sex with me. So this is not uncommon. Look at what, 
Look at what Joseph does. Let's look at these next verses. You've got uh, you to appreciate the integrity of Joseph. But I don't want you to just look at the integrity of Joseph. I want you to pay attention to why he has this kind of integrity. Look at these verses. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He has no greater, he, sorry, he is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife. Look at this. How then? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And Joseph is refusing her advances. And you know, let's just, let's just take it back from this narrative for a second and, 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 and think, think it through. Joseph knows that one day he's going to rule and he's going to reign. Maybe this is the way. Maybe I just need to sleep with this woman and she's going to give me some advancement that I didn't know. And that's usually the way our mind works, isn't it? But that's not the way God works. And so what you've got with this person, Joseph, is a man of high integrity. And he says, you know what? I could not possibly do this because that would be a great sin against God. Forget about it's going to be a great sin against the master, which would be the obvious thought here. And of course, he knows that. But deep down, his God consciousness is so keen. His God awareness is so keen so here again, he's getting pressed down and there's something within him that just will not let him stay down. That God awareness, that God consciousness within inside of him. And I want you to know, this is not a one-off. We already saw it in the previous verse, that, uh, set of verses, that she tried this. This is the second time that she's trying. Look at verse 10. And as she spoke to Joseph, When? Oh my goodness, that's not easy. You better have integrity because sooner or later she's going to wear you down. Something sooner or later, if it comes to you day after day after day, is going to wear you down. If you don't have a great uh, God consciousness, God awareness, you're going to fail. But keep in mind, there's air in the ball. And remember verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Let's go on to verse 11. Oh, sorry. That, that, this, is a, this is a great verse. Thank you, Han, for reminding me. This is good. You know, some people might say, well, you know, I, my sin is really just against man. But look at what David's realization was in Psalm 51. Against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. He's, he's confessing his sin to God. Let's go on to verse 11. But one day, so, you know, he's been refusing all this time. But she didn't give up. Now she's got a scheme. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. 
But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Good move. There are just sometimes when it gets this tight, this hard, you got to run. Don't sit around saying, oh, maybe I should talk to this woman and maybe I should try to work this thing. Forget it. Just run. When it's been this long, when it's been this every day, get out of there. Run. Get get going. Verses 16 through 20. Then she laid up his garment in her hand, uh, sorry, until her master came home, and she told her, this is Potiphar, the same story saying, the Hebrew servant who you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words of, this, of his wife, uh, he said, this, this, is the way, sorry, this is the way that your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. He was falsely accused of something he never even did. And now he's thrown into prison. So not only is he happy in Jacob's house, being the favorite son, having the beautiful technicolor or multicolored coat, then he gets thrown it down and, uh, by his brothers and he gets traded for some money with these Ishmaelite people. They take him down to Egypt and he's in Potiphar's house and he's just down again. And now he's even further down in that condition, in that situation. And sometimes we feel the same way. But don't forget, the Lord was with him. And don't forget, the Lord is with us. Let me just finish off this story in this way with verses 21 through 23. He's now in the prison and I want you to look at the, I want you to follow the same cycle here. Same cycle that happened, same pattern that happened in Potiphar's house. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Sound familiar? God's going to use this situation once again to train this young man to one day be able to take care of things on a greater scale. Took in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that, that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to succeed. Did Joseph fulfill his destiny? At this point, you would have to say, well, I'm not sure. Let's be clear, he did. One day he is going to be uh, in command of most of what Egypt is doing. These incidents that he's going through here are training him for that day. And in spite of the fact that he's being pressed down and this is an unexpected path, the Lord is still with him. So did, did Joseph fulfill his destiny? The answer is yes. How did he do in it? How did he do it? And I would summarize it in this way. He did it by maintaining his own in personal integrity, which was kept in check by his keen God consciousness. You don't win. You don't get to the destiny that God has for you if it's all about you. You get there because of what's inside of you and paying attention to what is inside of you. Last point would be this. 
our last main, yeah, main title point is this. God's heart for you is also a great destiny. We shouldn't just look at Joseph and say, oh, that was just Joseph. It can't possibly be me. No, it's the same for you and me. We all have uh, a, a destiny. We all have been given gifts and talents and physical abilities by God. And, you know, you might say, well, I, I'm just a banker. I'm, I'm just a stay-home mom. I sure wish you would take the word just out. Would you just throw that away? Because that just, that just puts a, a negative tone on the things. Do you know that God has called you to be a banker? God has called you to be uh, uh, a person in, uh, you know, who's taking care of others in restaurants right now? You might say, well, Ian, that's not my destiny, is it? And you might say, no, maybe it's a, something along the way. Maybe it's something along the way that you're going through. But I would ask you this. Could you keep your integrity in all the things that God has called you to? With your fast mind, as a banker, would you give in to the temptation of putting a little money in your own pocket? I hope not. I hope your personal integrity and the God awareness inside of you would be so keen that you would always say, no, I can't do that. In spite of the fact that someone might be asking you to do it. Come on, come on, get involved, get involved. This is, a, this is an awesome opportunity. So many opportunities we have in our lives. I would hope that whether we're a banker, accountant, stay-at-home mom or dad, engineer, factory worker, salesperson, designer, cook, waitress, student, business person, teacher, we would keep our integrity. Amen? Because others are looking. Draw strength. Draw strength from God. I want to I conclude in this way. I want to ask you a question. What happens if you've messed up? <laughs> what happens if you've made a big mistake? You know, Ian's talking this morning about destiny, and maybe that's it. Maybe I just blew my destiny. You've got to know the Lord is with you. We make mistakes all the time. We make mistakes all the time. And you know, sometimes when we make those mistakes, we feel like there's no way back, but we don't have that kind of God. We have a God who wants to be in relationship with us. We have a God who's within us, and no matter what we go through, no matter how many times we mess up, he's there to rescue and restore us. Now, does that mean we should just say, oh, it doesn't matter, I can just do whatever I want? No, please. The, the center of this whole message is God consciousness. You should not just do whatever you want to do. The awareness of who God is should really regulate us a lot. So if you've messed up, if you've kind of got off the road, you know, if we've taken like the off-ramp, you feel like, oh my goodness, I'm, I've, I've done this. What have I done? I'm not on the road I should be on. And you know the way it goes. You usually spend a couple of days beating yourself up. You're usually just really hard on yourself. You're probably thinking, oh, Bob will never receive me again. He's so hard on us. He won't understand. He's so perfect. You know the way it goes. 
You compare yourself with other people and you say, well, that person has never gotten on the off-ramp ever. Right, Bob? <laughs> Wrong. But we get so subjective. I'm going to share a couple of verses with you from the book of Joel. We're not often in the book of Joel, but look at these verses. Very interesting. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. And what does that mean? That's just a repentance. We have a repentance, a recognition of what we have done. And it says, rend or tear your hearts don't tear your garments. This was very common for Jewish people to do when they were upset. They'd like tear their garments. It was kind of like an outward display. He's saying, don't do that. This is not a matter of your clothes. This is about your heart. Tear your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, and he is merciful, and he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And I want to give you one last verse. So you may have taken the off-ramp, but these verses are telling you how to get back on. Have a heart of repentance. Come back. Come back to the Lord. Look at this verse here. Interesting verse. I will restore to you. This is God speaking to his people through Joel. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And to us, it's like, I've never seen a locust in my life. I have no idea what they do. But here, he's talking about something that has happened. There has been a time away. There's been a time away from the Lord. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the hopper destroyer and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. And God was training his people because he loved them so much. And he says, I know you think you've lost 70 years. I know you think you've lost 70 years, but if you will return to me, I'm going to restore those years for you. You think they're gone. But with God, they're not gone. God can make it up. God can restore. So if you're here this morning and you just feel like, oh, Ian, I, I blew it, and would you just turn your heart again? God wants to get you back on the road. God has the on-ramp for you. Come back. Come back to what God has for you. No matter, no matter what that is in your life at this point, don't allow anything to keep you down. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the life of Joseph. Thank you we see in this man a person who was buoyed up by you. You never left him. You never forsook him. No matter what he went through, you were always with him. Lord, and it's no different for, you, for us. We go through some unexpected things, some things that we just don't understand. Pray everybody this morning could be encouraged by you to know that you will never, ever leave us. We may be going through something difficult. We may be going through a hard time but you are there with us. And God, it's so good to know you have something so good for us in the future. 
You have a great destiny for each one of us. And you're with us to make sure we get to that destination. Just pray for anybody here this morning who's feeling downcast. Anybody who feels like they've, they've blown it. Pray for their heart. Pray you would come, your Holy Spirit would come, work within them. Stir in their hearts to help them to recognize it's not over. With you, you love us, you care for us, you want to restore us. Thank you so much for your word this morning. Amen. Amen. We, are, we, are, we are done here. Please don't come and play with the beach ball. Um, one quick announcement before, before you leave. The young people next Saturday will be going out for uh, an outing to uh, a couple that graciously opens their home every year, Mark and Carol. And if you can at all uh, help with transportation, either there or back, cars will be uh, leaving at 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. We'll be returning back here by about 9, 9.15. I think Chen has been wandering around with a clipboard. If you could give her your information, that would be awesome. Thank you very, very much. We'll see you all next week.